HR Trends is a weekly podcast featuring interviews with leading experts in the field of human resources. Produced by Unum, HR Trends draws from the deep bench of subject matter experts at Unum, as well as industry partners and national HR thought leaders. This program is not intended to constitute legal advice, and it's for general educational purposes only. If you need legal advice on a particular situation, please contact your own attorney. Welcome to HR Trends, a podcast that helps employers navigate complex HR policy, compliance best practices, and people management. I'm your host, Claire Morin, and with me today in our remote studio, we have Ellen McCann, Assistant Vice President, Legal Counsel at Unum's Employment Law Group. We also have a second guest, Laura Kilmartin, who's the Assistant Vice President of Government Affairs at Unum also. So thank you both for joining us. Thanks for having us. Yeah, and thanks to our audience. A, a reminder, we are recording this remotely. If there are occasional strange animal sounds, please forgive us. <laughs> um, we'll try to edit them out. Uh, but we are really responding to the current situation, the health crisis. It's such a difficult time for everybody and particularly for employers and human resources teams who are trying to just help their employees and help navigate very quickly changing federal legislation, state legislation. Today, we actually have Ellen and Laura because we're going to look at two updates. So for the first part of the episode, we're going to look at some of the updated FAQs from the Department of Labor for the Families First Coronavirus Response Act. Um, there's been some new uh, updates again. Ellen's going to give us a high-level sort of overview. Um, we are going to actually have a second episode later this week where we'll dig in deeper to help answer questions there from what we can see. But we're also going to look at the Paycheck Protection Program, which is why we have Laura here, um, to really look at how small businesses, employers with under 500 employees can be accessing some of that relief so we'll, we're going to go into that. So let's start, Ellen, with could you give us a few high-level readings of what you're seeing has changed literally over the weekend? And just to remind folks, this is Monday, April 6th. <laughs> Everything changes. And this is approximately 10 to 1 in the afternoon. Exactly, Claire. We do, yeah, we can't even mark what day it is anymore. We have to mark what hour of the day it is to know if something is continuing to be accurate. Uh, so what we've seen since our last episode was recorded is we did get regulations from the Department of Labor um, that were very, I think it was 124 pages of regulations, so very detailed, very thorough. And a lot of us thought, okay, we'll get a little bit of a break uh, now that we have regulations, but the DOL's been really hard at work and they, uh, over the weekend, or maybe it was late Friday night, actually issued more FAQs. And so if you haven't been out to their website, you really want to go out and take a look. And I know the, the link is in our, uh, our show notes, um, but we want to make sure you're out there because they're continuing to update those. And they're not just adding new ones, although they certainly, every time they go out, they're adding quite a few new ones. They also go back and refine 
uh, other um, prior responses that are out there. So I think what a lot of us have seen is, and again, as you mentioned, uh, Claire, we will have another episode to go really into a lot of the details of what we've seen. But I think just from prior episodes that we've talked about, there are a few things that I wanted to mention, particularly because we address them before we had regulations, and now we, we have maybe uh, some different or at least uh, more detailed information. And the first is that um, these new laws, the, the um, Families First Coronavirus Response Act, does apply only to employers that have less than 500 employees. One of the questions I'm getting the most when I'm doing webinars or training is, how do I count my 500 employees or less than 500? And at what period of time do I count them? And so we knew before the new regulations that um, the employer had to count them when the employee actually requested leave. The regulations have actually clarified that it is when the employee starts to take leave, which more often than not will be the same date. So the employer will request and take on the same time. But it is interesting to note that it's actually when the employee starts to take the leave. And one thing was clarified is that employees who are on furlough, who the employer has furloughed and not called back to work, they will not be counted towards the employer's uh, threshold of under 500 employees. So that's one of the main issues that I wanted to make sure we mentioned today. Okay, great. Thanks, Ellen, for that. Um, and we will go into more detail this Thursday just to help get everybody up to speed. But I did want to bring in you, Laura. Um, obviously, right now, businesses, small businesses, businesses with under 500 employees, you know, we're seeing such huge unemployment numbers, just really heartbreaking levels of unemployment. There's such a strong focus right now of trying to keep people in their jobs, um, able to be paid and able to access their benefits. So I wondered if you, um, through your work in government affairs, could kind of walk us through what you're seeing um, around this new legislation, um, the payment, sorry, the Paycheck Protection Program. And, and could you kind of get us explain what this is? Because there is some urgency of helping uh, uh, smaller businesses sort of understand the information so they can act on it. Sure, I'd be happy to. So I think just over a week ago, I think everybody's aware the president signed the CARES Act, and that provided $2.2 trillion in economic relief. And part of the CARES Act is a is the Paycheck Protection Program, and that includes $349 billion that's going to be available for employers um, to apply for loans. I do want to say that the program is administered by the Small Business Association, and it's it's going to be um, administered also through any approved SBA lenders. So while we're sharing information about the program to ensure that small business customers are aware of this re resource, um, especially since insurance premiums are, are included as authorized uses under the loan, we really want to encourage people to look at the SBA website for more, for more information and more updates. But the purpose of the program is to provide economic relief to small businesses that have been adversely impacted by COVID-19. And more specifically, it's a loan program that's designed as an incentive for small businesses to keep their employees on the payroll. So it allows employers to apply for a two-year, 1% interest rate loan, with the loan being forgiven if all employees from that employer are kept on the payroll for eight weeks, and the money that they borrow is used only for authorized purposes. And those purposes are spelled out as, as payroll, rent, mortgage interest, or utilities. 
Okay, great. So who can apply for this type of loan and, and how do they go about doing it? Sure. So any small business in a business with less than 500 employees, and that includes sole proprietorships, it includes independent contractors, self-employed persons, it also includes tax-exempt nonprofits and tax-exempt veterans organizations. So that's that's the bulk of the people who are the employers who are going to apply for that. But also, again, I, I would say check the SBA website because there are other um, organizations that may have more than 500 employees but still might be able to apply. And that's um, businesses such as restaurants or retail stores where each location or franchise may have less than 500 employees. And there's also a lot of rules around faith-based organizations that may be eligible as well. So all of that information is going to be on the website. Great. But and we'll we'll keep a, sorry, a link to that on our uh, show description also. Carry on. Terrific. Yeah. Yep, terrific. And and so so once a business is determined that they're eligible, um, the SBA lender or federally insured bank or credit union are going to be eligible to issue loans through the program. So businesses should check with their local lender to see if they're going to be participating in the program. And then really they just need to fill out a loan application before June 30th, 2020. But we are saying the sooner the better because there's limited funds available right now under this program. So you really want to get that application in the door. I will throw out the fact that the process has not been as smooth as maybe people have hoped. So, you know, just want to acknowledge that governmental agencies and lenders are working really hard and really quickly to create processes to allow employers to um, to access this money and to keep employees on the payroll. But it is taking a while for those those rules to come out and for lenders to understand what that means to, means to them and how they can um, meet their obligations and get the money out the door as soon as possible. So I think as time goes on, that process will run more smoothly, but we're just a few days into this. And so just want to acknowledge the fact that there have been a few hiccups. Okay. That's really helpful, Laura. And just to kind of reiterate that this includes sole proprietorships, independent contractors, self-employed persons, and tax exempt nonprofits and veterans organizations. And as you said, there are some organizations above that 500 threshold. So do go and just study that um, information. So Laura, um, I understand that at the end of this loan, if you stay within the conditions, it will be forgiven and it will function more like a grant. So obviously that's very important for employers. They're wanting to know how do I sort of, uh, what are the approved business purposes of this loan so that I understand what I'm getting into here. Um, can you talk through what those approved purposes are and how that sort of how it, you will be forgiven at the end of the loan period. Sure. So the rules are fairly simple. The loan proceeds have to be used for payroll costs, and that includes insurance premiums, paid family and sick leave, as well as it can be used for interest on mortgage, rent, or utilities. But at least 75% of the loan amount has to be used for the payroll costs. And forgiveness is based on the employer maintaining or quickly rehiring all of their employees and maintaining their salary levels. So if you use the loan proceeds as intended, the loan will be fully forgiven. But if you reduce your headcount over the period of the loan, or if salaries or wages decrease, then the amount of the forgiveness will be reduced. So and if, if you do have an amount that is not a forgivable amount of the loan, then that remains as a loan. It has a two-year maturity. 
But even then, payments are deferred for the employer for six months, and the interest rate is just 1%. Great. That's really helpful. And, it, you know, Ellen, I'm just bringing you back in here now. It, to me, and obviously you can tell I am not American. I have British roots. <laughs> uh, I have been, you know, working hard to really understand paid leave in America and, and how it functions. Um, so I am a little bit of an outsider here, very much. Um, but from reading this, it really struck me, having spent the last few episodes looking at the emergency FMLA and the paid sick program that's trying to help give employees benefits. And then this piece of the CARES Act seems to be a way of helping keep people on the payroll um, and, and have having access to benefits. Is that correct assumption or analysis? Um, yes. Yeah, so these are all connected. And Laura, I think one question that at least I have is, you mentioned that the loan has to be used for payroll cost, and that includes paid family and sick leave. Does that include the paid family or the paid leave we've been looking at under the Families First Coronavirus Response Act, or is this a different kind of leave? That's a different kind of leave. So actually, the Paid leave as part of the Families First Coronavirus Response Act is expressly included as something that cannot be counted towards the loan calculation or the forgiveness option at the end. So that's a that's a separate program where this would cover this paycheck protection program would cover family medical or sick leave is when those are a normal part of payroll as already previously paid by the employer as part of their regular programs. So, Laura, and I would guess that the reason that those payments are not included in the Paycheck Protection Program is there are some very generous tax credits that are available for the paid leave that's provided under the um, the federal laws that we've been talking about earlier. Is that is that a correct assumption? That's my guess as well. And it's really just that it's a very separate program and it has separate incentives than this particular loan forgiveness program. Great. Well, thank you so much to you both for coming on the show and walking us through this. Uh, Laura, you mentioned, you know, that there are resources out there. Where would you suggest people go to? Um, and obviously, we'll have the links on our web website and on the podcast show notes. Right. Absolutely. People should go as, as again, I just want to emphasize this is a program that's administered through the Small Business Administration and their website is going to have a lot of information for employers who want to use this program as a resource. So most of your guidelines and information should be found on the Small Business Administration website. Great. And they can also reach out to, I guess, their local lender. Absolutely, yes. Their local lender will have will be able to first tell them whether they are participating in the program, and then will have their own application forms for employers. Wonderful. Well, thank you both, and thanks everybody for listening. And please do stay tuned. We'll be, uh, as we said, going into more de- detail on Thursday's episode, uh, looking at the, some of the updates to the uh, Families First Coronavirus Response Act. Um, And thank you so much for listening. And please do send us your questions. We have an email address, hrtrends at unum.com. We also have a a voicemail. You can call us. We want to try to help uh, provide you with helpful resources um, and wishing you all very well and look forward to chatting with you next time. Thank you both. Thank you. Thanks.
Unum is a registered trademark and marketing brand of Unum Group and its insuring subsidiaries.